Hello, welcome to Midweek Mom Talk on 360 Talk Radio for Women. I'm Dr. Jackie, the owner of Motion Spot LLC and Motion Spot Pediatrics. I'd also like to wish everybody a Happy New Year. I think we have just a few more days of wishing everyone a Happy New Year, and then we can stop probably by like end of... January time, we can stop wishing everybody a happy new year. But until then, I continue to wish you a happy new year. We are not only in a brand new year, but we are also right in cold and flu season. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. That's our main topic for today's episode. And we're going to have an exciting interview a little bit later on in the show with Dr. Red Cross, who is an internist. And he'll be talking to us about how to maintain our wellness during this cold and flu season. This is probably a good time for me to jump in and say that this episode is sponsored by Boron USA. Boron has been sharing its passion for homeopathy with a holistic and ecological approach to medicine since 1932. Its vision of healthcare puts people at its center and seeks to improve the quality of their everyday lives. Boron is committed to educating the public on the many benefits homeopathy has to offer and the necessity of modern medicine to heal without harm. With a history of quality and innovation, Boron remains dedicated to delivering high-quality medicines that respect human health and the environment. You can find more information about them at boronusa.com. That's B-O-I-R-O-N-U-S-A.com. You could also check them out on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at boronusa. And you can also check in with Dr. Red Cross, who will be on the show, like I mentioned. You can check out his social medias. He is on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok as well. His Instagram and Facebook handles are at Ken Red Cross MD. That's K E N R E D C R O S S M D. And his TikTok handle is at Dr. Ken Red Cross. That's Dr. Period Ken Red Cross. So that is very exciting. I think you'll get a lot out of the interview with him because, like I said, we're right in cold and flu season. Not only cold and flu, but of course COVID is still a thing, always going to be a thing, and RSV has also been running rampant. And the thing with RSV particularly, I don't know if it's I don't think it's new. It's not that it's new, but I don't know if it has been so strong or so high in prevalence recently or if it's always been like this and I'm only realizing it now because I am a parent. Like prior to, I guess, 2021, really, I 
never particularly heard of RSV or maybe one time I have heard of it, but nothing that would make me, you know, think that it was such a high prevalence illness. But now with kids, especially a toddler who's in school, I'm constantly looking out for it. I'm seeing it all over the news and I get emails from his class from his teachers saying like, oh, someone had RSV, this and that, if you have these symptoms, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it can definitely be a bit of a scary time having this cold and flu season. But again, I think the interview with Dr. Ken Red Cross is going to be extremely important, helpful, and insightful for you as a mom, and just in general, you know, as human beings. So I'm looking forward to that, and I hope you are as well. Okay, so while we wait, let's continue our conversation about New Year's resolutions. On our last episode, we spent some time talking about goal setting and starting out towards this goal at the beginning of a new year. Many of these resolutions that people make are weight loss related. Of course, I have my own health and fitness related goals too, but instead of waiting until January 1st to start like, you know, head on, as I mentioned in the previous episode, instead, I've been working towards my health and fitness goals prior to the start of the new year. I've been preparing to continue towards this goal instead of starting from zero. But anyway, there are other goals or resolutions that you can make besides weight loss related. My resolution for this year personally is to cook more. I would like to cook more for my family. And I decided this maybe a few weeks before New Year's. I realized that working from home, but also now sometimes working outside of the home, but also being a full-time stay-at-home mom, the day gets very hectic and busy, but sometimes it's more in my head about everything being so busy than in the actual like physical reality. And that's because I have work to do. I have things that I have to do that is very difficult to do with the the baby and having, you know, one arm or while while she sleeps on the other being in a contact nap so I really can't move much or if she is taking a nap not on me, I don't know how much time I have before she wakes up. And then what ends up happening is that she just stays with me on me one way or another, basically all day long, and then I get stressed out that I got nothing done. So I decided to start making soup, which sounds maybe a little bit strange, but I figured soup is pretty easy to make usually. It's typically healthy or a healthy option. There are a lot of healthy soup options. It's pretty quick. You just kind of throw everything together and then let it cook right? And it will also nourish my family. And I know when my husband gets home, it'll be nice for him to not have to cook as well. 
So I decided I'm, I want to make more soups. I also, I think part of the reason is because I grew up eating soup. We're from Russian-speaking background, Slavic background. So soup is always part of the menu. And I grew up with my mom cooking a couple different soups per week, at least. And like a giant pot. So there was always some sort of soup, like basically every single day. And there still is even to this day as an adult, she still is cooking soups for all of us. So I want to make soup. So I did this actually once so far. It was super easy. I don't know why it came into my head, but I decided to make tortellini soup. It was simple, just, you know, a handful of ingredients. I threw it together. It really wasn't so difficult. The hardest part was chopping the onion. I think was probably the most time consuming and just most difficult. And uh, the baby was in a stroller that we have in the house and I was just rocking her with one foot. So I did that, right? But otherwise I would have been what rocking her with one foot while sitting on the couch or trying to get work done and then being frustrated that I wasn't actually completing my work. Whereas here, all I had to do was chop the onion and then throw everything in the pot and turn it on. And then it was going to take care of itself. So I felt extremely productive. I felt like a total boss woman being able to cook while I had the baby and also got my work done that day. So instead of sitting on the couch sulking during those 20 minutes, I was productive. I made this soup. My family then had a great dinner for that evening and for the next couple of nights. And when my husband got home, there was dinner already made, which I know he really, really appreciated. And I just, I loved being able to feed my family. It tasted good. Just his appreciation, my husband's appreciation, and just knowing that, like, I spent my time so wisely. And again, it was not as difficult as it sounds. Like, in my head, I'm like, oh, I have to cook. Like, that sounds daunting, but it really, really was not. So I'm starting out with soups. I don't know. I'm not... I'm supposed to be specific in my goals. If you've listened to previous episodes, you know that that's how we set the best kinds of goals. There has to be some specificity. For this particular goal, I haven't specified if it's just soups that I want to make or if I want to cook other things. But right now, I'm starting with soups. I'm focusing on different soup options because, again, they're just the easiest and most convenient. So that is my personal goal in just my life is to cook more for my family. I have a goal for my daughter. She's too young to set it herself, but my goal for her is that she'll sleep through the night. I pray it does not take a full year for this to happen, but whatever, this is our resolution for her. And for my son, my goal is for him to be potty trained. Again, he is not old enough to make his own goals either, but that is a goal of mine for him, that he will be potty trained. Also for him, I want him to start cleaning up after himself a little bit more before he takes out, you know, the next toy or before he's done playing in a room and goes to the next room. I want him to clean up what he was currently doing, what he was just playing with, and he has finished playing. Sometimes he'll play with something, take something else out, but he's not really done with the first thing yet, you know what I mean? So that's not you know exactly what I what I'm referring to as far as cleaning up goes but once he's finished with something I want him to start taking that responsibility 
and putting those things away before moving on entirely. Another goal of mine, I guess personally, but also related to my son, I want him to be doing more activities. I want to sign him up for more activities and just also just go and do activities together with him more often. He's three now. He's definitely old enough to start appreciating things. I'm not saying he needs to do any like organized sports or anything like that, but at least, you know, like a, an activity on the weekends, going somewhere. So far, I signed him up for the Home Depot kids workshops that they have at the beginning of every month. I was always wondering how people knew about them and how to do it. And this time I I made sure that I put a reminder in. So I made sure that I was able to sign him up. So that's going to be our first activity of the year. I'm also thinking maybe he'll start gymnastics or a dance class or something music related that's appropriate for his age. So these are just a few of the resolutions I have just family-wise. I have, of course, work-related goals, business-related goals, and resolutions as well. But hopefully you're starting to see now that your goal for the year or a a resolution, a change you might want to make, right, does not exclusively have to be weight-related, weight loss-related, or even fitness or health-related. It could be literally anything that you might want to change or do. All right, so anyway, back to health and wellness related things. Our interview is going to start momentarily. So before we get started, let me just give you a little bit more information about Dr. Ken Redcross. Yes, that is his real name. Dr. Ken Redcross is the author of Bond the four cornerstones of a lasting and caring relationship with your doctor. And he is the founder of a unique concierge service providing patient-first treatment through strategic health services. As one of the first full-service concierge personalized medical practices in the United States, Dr. Red Cross's patient portfolio includes executives, athletes, and entertainers, as well as individuals from all walks and stages of life. Dr. Red Cross frequently shares his expertise in managing everyday health challenges, embracing both natural and alternative methods of healing. He has also authored numerous health articles for MSN Latino and Everyday Health. Dr. Red Cross earned his MD from Columbia Presbyterian Medical Center in New York, specializing in internal medicine. You can look further into Dr. Red Cross and read about him and his biography at drkenredcross.com. That's D-R-K-E-N-R-E-D-C-R-O-S-S. And if you are just tuning in with us, I want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Boron USA. All right. Without further ado, we have here Dr. Red Cross. Welcome to Midweek Mom Talk, Doctor. Oh, thank you, Dr. Jackie. It's so wonderful to be here. And hello, everyone out there. (laughs) So we were actually just 
talking about it, the coincidence between your name and you being a doctor. <laughs> I know, I know. I joked around with Dr. Jackie. This shows you that the good Lord has a sense of humor with a, a Dr. Red Cross being a, a real full-fledged doctor, right? Yep. <laughs> it's very funny to me. I can't believe it. I love that. Um, so we are right in the thick of this cold and flu season, as we all know. And the cold and flu can come on pretty quickly. So it's important to be proactive to reduce that chance of infection. And we know that taking proper precautions, healthy lifestyle, right, those types of things, different measures can keep our immune system strong to fight off the illness. But my first question for you, doctor, why should we be proactive? Why not just, you know, wait to address the symptoms when something like the flu occurs and how can we even be proactive? You know, I appreciate that question. You know, I always love this time of year. I mean, it's cold and flu season, so I don't like that part. But this is the one time that it seems like we all come together as a group, as a culture, as a country to say we need to get ready to stay healthy. And so when you're dealing with something like the flu and the cold season, it's incredibly important that we are prepared because even though it's some things that we deal with all of the time, they can become really, really bad and cause big, big problems if we're not kind of prepared and kind of ready to go. So this time of year is always a good one for us to come together and learn about some of those things that we're familiar with and also some other things that we may not be familiar with that we can bring home to our to our families. Totally. You know, last year I actually was speaking with a colleague of yours on our show and we were talking about sleep and especially the Sleep Calm uh, product yeah. line yeah. and the importance of sleep just for, you know, daily function, which let me just say here, it's definitely easier said than done for some people to get that full night's sleep, especially a lot of viewers on our show are, like myself, a new parent. I have a toddler, but thank you. But my main source of lack of sleep is my six-month-old. She's not quite sleeping through the night. No, they don't, that. <laughs> they don't do that. They're beautiful yeah. bundles of joy, but their sleep is a little bit different than what we want. Exactly. So that, as, as I'm sure you can imagine, means that it's really been quite some time since I've gotten a good, full, uninterrupted yeah. night of sleep, which, as I mentioned, a lot of our viewers can relate to. Yes. But um, can lack of sleep affect our immune system and yeah. our ability to fend off the cold or flu. I'm glad you bring this up. So just so you guys know, I, I'm in there with you. I, I have a set of twins who were Whoa. six months at one time too. So I am with you. So I'll tell you this. So sleep is something that we talk about a lot here in the United States, right? You always think you get less sleep. It means you're more productive. That is so wrong when it comes to health, everyone. Now, the CDC says that, Dr. Jackie, we're supposed to be getting seven and seven and a half hours each and every day. Yeah, right, right? When you're dealing <laughs> with the moms or dads that are dealing with this. But I'll tell you this. The reason why it's so important that we do our best to make sure we get as much sleep, the studies already show that our immune system is affected by less or more sleep. When you're getting more sleep, your immune cells are able to come out of the lymph nodes and kind of fight all day for during the cold and flu season. So imagine being able to get that fight for seven hours of the day or getting that for only three to four hours of the day. So when I say this, when I say sleep is medicine, it really and truly is, everyone. Sleep is medicine where we have these natural killer T cells, we call them in medicine, to help keep us staying healthy. And so this is a time when, when, when you and your partner need to make sure there's some trade-off going on here 
that you're getting enough sleep to, to really fight the infection this time of year. Mm hmm. So then um, let's just, you know, add on to this. So since lack of sleep, you know, might not be something that is as controllable, I guess, for some yeah. of us with these young kids or, you know, various other situations. Sure. Sure. How else can we still support our immune system? Maybe we can talk about a little bit about diet on our last show. Actually, I was speaking about just various, you know, ways of eating. Um, you know, diet's important for overall health, it is. but why specifically for this type of, you know, season, the cold and flu season, this type of, you know, time during this time of year. So look, just like I say, sleep is medicine. Food is also medicine. You know, when you think about getting the right foods, everyone, we all know our health classes where we talked about vitamins and minerals, but don't forget about the macros, right? Your carbs, your fats, your protein. All of those are building blocks in order to keep us healthy. And so there are some that you should be aware of. And I know a lot of you are. Vitamin C, no brainer. We've been talking about that as a kid to really help support um, cold and flu season. Also, don't forget about vitamin E. Vitamin E is an antioxidant. Um, so there's some benefits there as well. But my favorite is always vitamin D. We always think about vitamin D, especially when we think of our, our small children. Obviously, it's important for bone health. But we're learning more that there's also an immunity story that mm -hmm. comes with vitamin D, actually, and its benefits. You know, during the COVID time or the big COVID time back in 2020, vitamin D really shone a light on how important it was to help support our immune system. So when we're talking about sleep as medicine, diet is the same way, everyone. These are things, and I love this on your show here, Dr. Jackie, that we're talking about things that we can control in the home to keep not only our, ourselves healthy, but also our little ones as well mm -hmm. by using things as sleep best we can and nutrition as well. Mm -hmm. What are some examples of vitamin D rich foods or how can we get vitamin D? That is Fabulous question. You know why I say that? Because vitamin D is something that we don't really have naturally in our food supply, everyone. So vitamin D is, so people will say milk, but don't forget, milk is fortified with vitamin D. It's added. It doesn't come naturally. One of the better ways to get it is with fatty fish livers. Good luck trying to get your, your kid or child <laughs> to do that. Good luck. It didn't work with mine. That was the reason why years ago, everyone, grandma, and I'm dating myself here, Dr. Jackie, but they used to get like a little tablespoon of cod liver oil. That was the point. So I say fatty fish, um, such as salmon, tuna, and some of those things, give you some of that natural vitamin D. So that's why I say one of the bigger things to do is you may have to implement vitamin D in particular, uh, which I do for my family and my patients as well, because it's that important and it's not so easy to get, once again, if you're not eating some of these fortified things or you're lactose um, intolerant and that sort of thing. Okay. So I think we probably have a decent idea of vitamin C intake. Yeah. Um, what about the vitamin E? I love eat here because I make nuts a big part um, of my diet. And mm -hmm. that's something that's not big in the American diet, very much in the Mediterranean diet, which as you guys probably have heard, Mediterranean diet is probably the best one for us when it comes to longevity. So I love bringing fish into that discussion. I love the nuts and they can look, nuts can look so many different ways. Some people will say they don't like this nut or that nut. That's okay. You have a lot of choices out there. <laughs> Um, so think about adding some of those things. Now, I should say this because we're talking um, here with, with moms as well. Obviously, we need to be careful with nut allergies. We are all over that. So I'm just saying that these are just some ways, maybe for the parents here, 
where we want to make sure that we're getting all of these little things because when we have when we're taking care of our little ones, especially six months or, or younger and so forth, it takes a lot of energy. And we need to use the things such as um, diet and exercise we should talk about as well, really bringing those things up to keep us moving, keep us going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about um, like broccoli, leafy greens? Where does that fall into the vitamin? A lot, yeah, yeah. Vitamin, vitamin K, which is where you get a lot. Also, a lot of vitamin C, a lot of other mm-hmm. things that come from my, vitamins and minerals there. But also those as, are fiber, everyone. And fiber is another big part of this story as well, because we want that fiber to go to where? Our gut to our microbiome. Our microbiome, we're learning there's a brain-gut axis as well. So I talk to young parents, a lot, really all parents, um, when you're making sure that you're getting the right amount of pro or prebiotic in your system. um, Mm -hmm. So that once again, you can kind of get some of that calm that can come when there's a real axis between the two. I actually just told my husband a couple days ago, I think I need more probiotics in my diet. And he was like, oh, have some kefir. Is that yeah. is that yeah. a good option? Good you like kefir? He gets a gold star. Put one awesome. right in the middle of his forehead. <laughs> he gets one um, because he's absolutely right. And that's another way as we talk about getting these things in naturally, right? Getting these things with our diet and being able to control our health. And he is spot on there. And so that's one of the ways you can do it as well. Kombucha is another way. Kimchi. I'm a big fan of kimchi. All these things are really good for the microbiome, and especially during this time of year when we're talking cold and flu. Are these considered like close to the earth? I've heard that phrase now. Can you define what is what is close to the earth remedy? Look, so, so look, this is a, a big part. When I talk close to the earth, those things are close to the earth. But one of the things that's close to the earth that I had to learn, even as a Western trained physician, I trained everyone here in New York and Columbia many moons ago. And so that's Western training, right? When I got to California, I saw people were getting better with different things that didn't necessarily you know, need my prescription pad. That's when I learned even more that there were things like homeopathy. Now, mm-hmm. homeopathy is what I mentioned when I talk about things closer to the earth, especially during the cold and flu season. There's one called oscillococcinum. That's helpful for cold and flu symptoms. The reason why I mentioned this one in particular has been shown to decrease not only the duration, but the severity of flu-like symptoms, especially we talked about starting early, especially when you start early. Now, why do I mention that in particular just because it's a homeopathic remedy? Well, I mention it because it was not only safe for younger kids, uh, that particular one, oscillococcinum, if you're two years of age and older, can be utilized. But more importantly, it was easy for me as a parent on the go. They have little micro pellets. So the micro pellets, they go right under the tongue and they dissolve. The kids love them because they take sugary. So taste sugary. So it makes it even easier to get to take their medicine. The other thing I like is that I have a child who was on meds at a younger age. And so I don't have to worry about drug to drug interactions or side effects. Things that parents, especially when we're younger and we're still in our working phase, don't want to deal with. So that's what I mean. One of the remedies, you already mentioned sleep calm, which is another homeopathic remedy, but it's during this time, especially during cold and flu season, where I think homeopathy really shines um, Mm -hmm. when I'm trying to keep all my patients closer to the earth. Right. Um, Okay. So you kind of opened the door a little bit, so I'm going to jump in. It's a little bit of a hot topic from what I'm seeing now popping up, especially on social medias, the children and medication. So what is the issue concerning medications for children, you know, being mindful when administering them to younger 
family members, especially if they have a fever, things like that. Can you Yeah, speak on that a bit? sure. So one of the things that's interesting for me here, so much has changed. So, you know, I'm an internist, everyone. I see adults, but I do drop down and see kids who are adolescents. And like I said, I had twins myself that I dealt with. One had always seen ran a fever during this time of year. And so one of the bigger challenges you always have as a parent is, number one, what can you give to your kid that's safe? What can you give to your kids that doesn't have artificial flavors? You know, believe me, those things are not ruby red and, and beautiful orange normally, okay, before something is added. Um, and they also have to be careful with taking dual meds. In other words, giving a child something to lower fever, thinking that Tylenol is better, and then taking a cold remedy that also has Tylenol in it, but you don't know because it's wrapped up in some kind of cool name. So it's not so much over the counter. that I feel really comfortable with um, to what I know that it can keep my child safe. It can be easier. It's also got a good safety profile. That's not to say if something changes, I always say that 48 hour window, Dr. Jackie, if something changes and your child isn't the same or it's a little more listless, we have to let the doctor know. That's kind of that window. So homeopathy or you know things that were closer to the earth, especially with your question about the over-the-counter challenges and the Sudafed issue that's been raised, all of those things are, you know, staying out of that fray as a new parent and knowing that, okay, there's something I can try in the beginning to, um, you know, within a certain age group um, that can make a difference. And then if things aren't where they need to be, then we get on the phone with our docs. Mm -hmm. Okay, so then let's talk about some of the other options. And you mentioned those pellets, the one, but Boiron has a few cold and flu homeopathic remedy options, right? Can you tell us how they differ, you know, when or why you would use one over the other option? Sure. So another one, everyone, is called cold calm. It's obvious what it's for. It's when you feel cold symptoms. And when you think of a cold versus the flu, I want everyone to think of a cold kind of neck up. Think about that as runny nose, stuffy nose, congestion, flu, more, more body aches and, uh, and higher temperatures and that sort of thing. So cold calm is good. I like that for my twins at the time because it didn't necessarily master symptoms. It targeted those specific things, the runny nose or the stuffy nose. Once again, I like the fact that there, there weren't any artificial flavors or anything. They're little white tablets. They dissolve once again. We used to, we traveled a lot with our, with our twins. And so um, that dissolves under the tongue. So the acylococcinum for the flu-like symptoms are also dissolved, but those things are easy. And for a, for a family that's on the go or, or running back and forth a little bit. And so another one that I like, I should mention as well, one of my twins in particular used to always get a sore throat. Uh, so they do have throat calm as well. And I like that. Um, because it's for the occasional sore throat. Um, it was something that was easy. Once again, the lozenges and so forth just didn't work for him. Um, but the throat calm, the tablets were really big. Once again, the cold calm and the throat calm were good for four years and older. Um, my kid or my, my twin in particular that dealt with, it was a little bit older when they started to use it, but four years and older, it's safe. Um, and that's one of the things too, that, that kind of, um, you know, bogs down the household as well. When you have a child with sore throat, you're trying to say, what can I do um, to make them feel better without necessarily loading them up with all these, these other things um, that can have unwanted side effects. Right. Okay. You mentioned this a little bit, that waiting period of the 48 hours. Yeah. I feel like, you know, especially since that 2020 pandemic 
parents seem to be, and maybe it's just because I became a parent in 2020, maybe this was always happening, I don't know, but it seems like parents are now pretty cautious and prefer to delay taking their child to the doctor or a hospital, you know, unless it's 100% necessary. And, you know, I guess most colds and flu don't necessarily require a visit to the doctor, but when should you go? How do you know? Well, so Dr. Jackie, you bring up another good point. So some of the you, the younger parents and so forth, you're right. They're kind of holding off a little bit more versus when I was a younger parent and so forth, everything was going to the doctor. Now we're learning that's not necessary. And I use that 48 hour window. It used to be three days, but we all know how healthcare is now. It's a little bit challenging to get in when you need to get in. But if you have a child who is not improving still over that 48 hour window, meaning high spiking temps, and I know, you know, kids could get these 103s and 104s, which are really scary. Mm-hmm. You need to make sure that if that stays that way, especially over 48 hours, your care provider needs to know about that. Or if your baby's um, character changes or once again, they become more listless and that sort of thing. Those sort of things are things that we call in medicine change of status. And those mm-hmm. things need to make sure to be addressed soon. Hydration. If you realize that your child hasn't really been hydrating well or not taking breast milk as much and not doing those things, those things are important to jump on early. And that first 48 hour window, I tend to find I almost I almost joke around and kind of say, you know, that's kind of the magic zone. That's the zone where, you know, we're going to get in and need to be seen and get something fixed. Or all of a sudden you realize your child's playing with their blocks again and they're getting back to themselves. Right. Yeah. My son, when he was, I guess, like a year and a half, almost Mm -hmm. two, Mm -hmm. he had his first real fever. It was around 102 and change, which for me, you know, horrifying. He's never had a fever before. Now he has one that's significant, in my opinion. Yes. And also, you know, of course, it was like 9 p.m. So even if I wanted to rush to the doctor, that was not an option. Exactly. But they did have like a call line or something. So I called and they said, something similar, like monitor, you know, whatever. But he was, other than the fever, like I only knew because I felt warm when I gave him a hug and so Mm -hmm. I took his temperature, but Mm -hmm. he was completely himself personality wise, like playing, super silly. My son is a goof, he takes after my husband, class clown. So it was actually kind of confusing for me, you know, this first time parent situation with the high fever where you're kind of growing up, you're told to panic. You know, right. this is high fever right. and panic, but then he's being totally himself. Yeah. So if it wasn't 9 p.m., like my first thought would probably have been, you know, take him to the doctor. But you're saying since his personality was all still there, he didn't have that change in behavior. Yeah. It would have been fine to keep him home. And exactly. And only you know your child better. And, you know, it's funny, you know, one of my twins, kind of like you, one would be down for the count. One would like look pretty good. Also important for young moms and dads to really know if you don't, that fever response is an interesting one, right? Because that's the body's innate nature. That's how the body fights off the virus or tries to fight off the bacteria by raising the temperature so high that they can't live within your body. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a back and forth where, you know, the old age would be, do you do you do anything for a fever? Do you monitor? But then as a parent, you're like, oh, my gosh, they're in bed, that high fever, they're not looking themselves. And so it's always this wrestling act. So I want to at least let parents out there understand and recognize that that fever response is a special one. It's something that's allowing your, the, your child's body to kind of heal itself. 
But yes, there's some time where we need to intervene and when things are different and we kind of want our kid moving a little bit, but all of it gets back, keep the child hydrated. You know, those temperatures that go up, we deal with them and we kind of keep going. Remember that there's what we call insatiable losses, everyone. That's like sweat, things that we can't measure and so forth. Things when they're, you know, trying to stay warm and we're trying to keep them cuddled up, we have to keep them hydrated. Um, to make sure that once again, their body's still able to stay up and fight off this infection. Awesome. Okay, so let's just do a quick recap here. Can you sure. just list for us again, just overall, your top tips for wellness during this cold and flu season? Well, look, one of the top tips I didn't even mention in the beginning, guys, but obviously it's about the hand washing. And remember, time matters. So this is a perfect time as we're talking about kids. When they're washing their hands, they should be able to sing happy birthday to me. It's about 20 seconds or so. So make sure that hands are washed. Now, should the symptoms come and so forth? And this is for you parents out there as well. We talked about the importance of food as medicine, vitamin D, vitamin C, and vitamin E, and what they can do to help support. The other thing that's medicine we talked about, I know it's tough. I've been there, parents, but try to get some sleep so that you can also stay healthy to be able to take care of your child. And then the other thing is, just like I learned throughout my career, there are some things that are closer to the earth and some homeopathic remedies that can make a difference. Should you feel your child's coming down with flu-like symptoms that's four years of, sorry, two years of age and older, think of oscillococcinum. If you're thinking of cold-like symptoms of sore throat, think of cold calm or throat calm. Also homeopathic remedies that you're actually able to take when you're at that particular age or four years of age and older. Mm -hmm. Are these readily available like in supermarkets, drugstores, things like that? Yeah, and that's the good thing. They are, whether you're in areas where there's sprouts, um, sometimes you can get them in your Whole Foods as well. So luckily they are available, CVS in some locations. That's the other thing that I like as a parent to be able to kind of lean on some of these things. And the other thing I should say, is, like I said before, the hydration piece is so, so important um, to make sure that we keep our, our, our kids hydrated properly um, to make sure they can fight off these things that unfortunately it's hard to keep down. But with some of these tips that we're talking about, hopefully it'll keep you all out of harm's way. I hope so. We actually saw, my husband and I saw some ad, I guess, you know, how our phones listen to us nowadays. We were talking about colds oh, and things, and oh. we saw an ad for this, like, handle steamer or something like that to, that, like, kills the germs on the different, your handles and your yes. doorknobs and things. Wow. So we were like, I don't know if we're going to buy that, but we are going to try to clean off our doorknobs and handles yep. more because, you know, trying to prevent colds. But while most people probably have a New Year's resolution of some sort of weight-related thing or fitness, right. my husband said his resolution this year, because for some reason he gets more than I do from the kids, his yeah. resolution is no colds in 2024. I don't know if we will be able to keep it. I sure hope so. Hey, but that's a, <laughs> but we're going to see. That's a good thing to search for, reach yes. for, I should say. And I'll, I'll make sure that he also gets to listen to this episode so he Good. can take these tips away as well. And we can definitely implement them all into our daily lives. Absolutely. He gets another star. So he's racking them up here. He, really, he is. He's a good one. <laughs> he is. That. And you're right. Something simple. You know, they did some studies, everyone. And, you know, the flu virus can live on surfaces, can live on surfaces for, for several hours. And so he's all over it. Both of you are all over it when you're talking about wiping down doorknobs and surfaces, especially with kids, because you know how they are. 
Um, and so you want to make sure you're doing something like that. I promise you everyone can go a really, really long way. Yes. Well, thank you very much. We're going to start wrapping up, but it was great having you on our show. Thank you so much for your information and your energy and everything was just awesome. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me on. Stay well, everyone. Thank you. You too. Wow, that was awesome. So much fun. He is so nice. Such a great guy. I wish every doctor had his energy and personality, and he seemed like he probably has really great bedside manner in addition to being really intelligent and caring. So just something, you know, for other doctors out there to think about with their patients. Anyway, if you want more information about Dr. Ken Redcross, you want to read more about him or want to, you know, follow him on his journey and see any information that he might share or maybe get in touch with him yourself, you can look him up. His website is drkenredcross.com, D-R-K-E-N-R-E-D-C-R-O-S-S.com. And again, he is on social media as well. And for those handles on Instagram and Facebook, you can find him at Ken Redcross MD. That's K E N R E D C R O S S M D. Or if you're on TikTok, I guess he must be a pretty cool doctor to be on TikTok. His handle there is D R dot K E N R E D C R O S S. That's Dr. Period Ken Redcross. And again, this episode is sponsored by Boron USA. They have a website as well, boronusa.com, B-O-I-R-O-N-U-S-A.com. Or you can check them out on Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok under the handle Boron USA. Since 1932, Boron has been sharing its passion for homeopathy with a holistic and ecological approach to medicine. Its vision of healthcare puts people at its center and seeks to improve the quality of their everyday lives. Boron is committed to educating the public on the many benefits homeopathy has to offer and the necessity of modern medicine to heal without harm. With a history of quality and innovation, Boron remains dedicated to delivering high-quality medicines that respect human health and the environment. Now, if you're thinking, what is this Boron company? I've never heard of it. If you are a parent who has had a teething child, you actually have heard probably of them, and you very well may have used their Camellia Teething Drops. I have heard of these drops for years. I saw my nephews use them. Then I used them for my son when he was a baby. And of course, now I'm obviously using them for my daughter as well. But I bring this up because I was put in touch with Boron about a year and a half ago on a professional level in this working relationship. And I had not realized that this was the same company that makes those teething drops. I also have used those under the tongue dissolvables that Dr. Red Cross talked about. I don't want to butcher the name of that, but those pellets, the oscillo, blah, 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 blah. Again, don't want to even bother butchering that. 
But those pellets I've used before as well when I had the flu. So I have used Boron products previously. Let me just spell those pellets out for you, the name of them. It's O-S-C-I-L-L-O-C-O-C-C-I-N-U-M pellets. And then the other options he talked about was cold calm and throat calm tablets. And those are spelt the way they sound. Cold calm, C-O-L-D-C-A-L-M, melt-away tablets, and throat calm, melt-away tablets, T-H-R-O-A-T-C-A-L-M. So again, they have multiple different things that they create for a variety of issues or problems we might have. They're all homeopathic remedies, those teething drops, then the cold calm, throat calm, flu-related pellets, and the sleep calm line, which was on an episode last year, and you can check that out also on my Instagram. I have a post about those sleep calm products that I still have in my house as well. My husband tried to use them too. I was pregnant at the time, so I did not use them, and now I'm nursing, so I'm still not using. But if it's something that might be interesting for you to try, if you are nursing, you should probably speak with your medical provider, and they might have some more information on the safety of that for you during pregnancy or breastfeeding. And really, just in general, before trying any sort of medication, whether it's a typical over-the-counter or a homeopathic remedy, it's just always best to talk to your provider, your medical practitioner. None of the information that you heard on this episode or any future episodes or any past episodes should be taken as medical advice or to replace any sort of trip to a medical provider. So I just want to make sure that that is very clear. You know, I will say I very much enjoyed that interview. I'm thinking maybe I will add another goal for myself for this year to have more guests on this show, do more interviews, talk to more people, and I think that could really open up the topics that we talk about. So if you have any ideas for topics that you want to hear or professionals that you would like to hear from, either specific people or maybe, you know, certain fields that you would be interested in hearing from, please let me know. You can reach out to me on Instagram at motionspotllc. That's M-O-T-I-O-N-S-P-O-T-L-L-C. Or you can send me an email that would be to Dr. Jackie at motionspotllc.com. That's D-R-J-A-C-K-I-E at M-O-T-I-O-N-S-P-O-T-L-L-C.com. You can also reach out if you ever have any questions related to occupational therapy, physical therapy, or speech therapy. If you're curious or interested or have questions regarding your child, if they might need occupational, physical, or speech therapies, you can also reach out to us on Instagram on our pediatrics page, which is Motion Spot 
Pediatrics, M-O-T-I-O-N-S-P-O-T-P-E-D-I-A-T-R-I-C-S. Okay, we're going to start wrapping up for today. I really hope you enjoyed the interview with Dr. Red Cross and all of the information and tips that he provided about wellness, health, especially how to take care of yourself, your family, your children during this and future cold and flu seasons. If you forget any of the information that he might have said, don't worry. If you didn't take any notes, that's totally fine. You can listen to this again and again on podcasts. You can listen if you download the 360 Talk Radio for Women app. It will be on there on the podcast, or you can listen anywhere you get your podcasts. Once again, this episode was sponsored by Boron USA. Now I hear my baby is starting to get fussy, so I am going to have to wrap this up just a couple of minutes earlier. Luckily, we were already in the wrap-up, wind-down phase of today's episode. But again, you can always reach out to me, please. You can email at info at motionspotllc.com or drjackie at motionspotllc.com or we can connect on social media on Instagram. That's motionspotllc and motionspotpediatrics. I hope you've enjoyed this hour together. You've been listening to Midweek Mom Talk with Dr. Jackie on 360 Talk Radio for Women. I hope you'll tune in again next week. We're on every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. But if you can't tune in live, don't worry because you can always check the replay and listen on podcasts. All right, that's all for now. Until next time, bye-bye.